Hey everyone, welcome to episode 218 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina. We are your hosts. I'm Chris Caster With me is Lee McLeod. Hey Lee. Hi, Chris. Uh, Lee, I think the sponsor this week is stomach bugs generally. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Would recommend. Yeah. I'm A plus. So- sorry you're not feeling great today. That's okay. I wanted to do, I really enjoy doing the podcast like a lot. You know that. Yes. But uh, it's definitely tempting to just lie in bed forever. I mean, you're, you know, if you're ever not feeling like doing the podcast, that's fine. We can, you know. Well, I don't mind pushing it off a day, but like this was SCG Con week. Right. So we just if can't. If we didn't do it today, it just wasn't going to get done this week. I'm just saying, you know. Your health and comfort are more important to me than getting a podcast out every single week. A big part of my mental health is these weekly meetings. Though, so, <laughs> Well, I'm happy to hear that. It helps keep me organized and scheduled up too. So, And it just is nice to do. So what's what's on the menu for today? We don't want to keep you forever if you're not feeling great. So I think we'll just mostly talk about what's going on, what our decks are for the Invitational, any things we're looking forward to there and uh you know that'll be it this is just our pre-invitational podcast okay yeah cool i played in a a modern tournament last weekend like a 1k split top four right a little over an hour ago yeah well made top eight then the pairings was such that alan was it alan swan the local player was also in the top eight and he was my first round opponent oh and and Alan needed to go to play a gig, like yeah, over Alan's an in hour a band. Away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked if he wanted to split because I didn't want to just like I didn't want him to have to play out the whole thing and then be late or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, "No, it's it's fine. It's not important." And then I crushed him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, he was playing like a. Felidar Guardian like Sahili combo with like Ether Vile and brought back and uh uh would, showdown of the scalds or something. I'd call it more of an Imperial Recruiter toolbox deck than mm-hmm. a Sahili combo deck. Yeah. Like it's really just Fury, Solitude, plus Yorion and all your red white dopey things with brought back. Oh, did he even have Sahili? Is that or no. was he just playing Felidar? Just red white. Okay. Felidar okay. Guardian. Felidar Guardian for get- value both pieces with uh imperial recruiter yeah yeah it's a kiki combo that's right okay so you like recruiter for your guardian you flicker it and then you recruit again for kiki jiki then you kill them Mm -hmm. but yeah red white value deck with a kill at the end it's cool but definitely esper reanimator seems uh favored in that particular matchup yeah that's what i was playing i uh i basically soloed him game three with sarah's emissary mm-hmm. on creature yes main removal solitude <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's tough i i won two games with sarah's emissary this past weekend mm-hmm. and i reanimated it zero times <laughs> you just cast it <laughs> i just cast it twice <laughs> yeah archon of cruelty is kind of the one you want the vast majority of the time yeah I mean, you, you board in the Emissary because it's not in the main deck. Mm-hmm. I guess we're kind of talking about modern. What do you want to talk about first? We're just gabbing. Yeah, I mean, so why don't we talk about our modern decks, uh, where we're at. You are planning on playing that Esper Reanimator deck at the Envy, right? Yeah, I, I messaged you last week. I was going to kind of audible to the Esper Reanimator deck because I 
really like Aspiring Spike's version of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he created it or popularized it, but I saw him streaming with it. And this is just like for grief, for ephemerate, for solitude, reanimation package. And for Teferi Time Reveler, right? And, and three Teferi Time Reveler okay. that Spike had. But yeah, yeah, Teferi Time Reveler was in the deck, which is, you know. It's important. I wouldn't play an Esper deck without Teferi Time Reveler, personally, no. but <laughs> that card's messed up. It's really good, yeah. It's even just a combo in every Solitude deck, because you can just pick up your Solitude and go to town. <laughs> yeah, card is really good right now. It's definitely a reason to be on one of these blue-white decks, and there's like a bunch of kind of newish ones. You know, I was looking at the top eights from this weekend and you know like one of the top eights the ptq top eight was three hammer time decks four teferi decks and one is it murktide <laughs> like online metagame is getting a little bit like focused in on a couple of key places i think yeah and, and hammer time's really really good i didn't want to like dismiss it entirely because it's the other deck i was gonna play mm -hmm. it's just that the esper deck seems so good and not everyone had played against them a thousand times. Mm -hmm. Especially since there was different versions with like thought seizes and counter spells and then Spike's version with like all the elementals. Mm -hmm. It was it was neat. A good reason to switch was just that I really liked the just those elementals are just kind of messed up. Yeah. The yes. I pretty much all the decks that I like consider playing and also all the decks that i'm scared of have like 10 total elementals or more in the 75 so it took a little while for modern to get here because they're not the easiest things to use effectively but then once you build your deck to use them oh these cards are incredibly good i also got to do the, the grief ephemerate thing for the first time which is you know pretty nice yeah when your deck isn't full of like garbage, garbage. yeah yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, everybody was really worried about it when the set came out. And then, like, a week or two later, it was all like, oh, well, you know, sure, it's good when you grief ephemerate, but all the decks that it's in, like, just aren't good decks other than that. But that doesn't mean that it's not a thing to worry about or a thing that's not powerful enough. Like, once you have a 60 that works and has grief ephemerate in it, grief ephemerate is really, really good. And also, a couple times I had it in my opening hand, and I'm like, eh, I could grief of right them, but that essentially just mulligans both players, right? Mm -hmm. You get to pick, so it's way better for you. But uh, you, if you wait a turn, like what I was doing was waiting until turn two, seeing what my two drop was, because I, I could uh, grave or mending. You get like more information at the first turn, mm -hmm. and can decide then. Uh, so that's I, I liked doing that, just instead of jamming it on turn one all the time. Yeah, kind of depends on it's very context driven right like you feel kind of dumb if you wait and they play like a rock of honor a drc turn one or something like that like yeah if you're on the play i'm never on the play <laughs> okay <laughs> fair <laughs> enough uh, spike so spike played this reanimator deck in the challenge and one on saturday i believe mm -hmm. yeah it had to be saturday because we both did well with the same deck on the same day i remember <laughs> I, my sideboard was vastly different than spike's I had a he had a bunch of stony silences and ley lines and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. I was a little more uh, fluster storms, spreading seas, brutality, like small ball spells, kind of. Because mm -hmm. I didn't really think I needed ley line, and it also helped out when uh, my round one living end opponent, a Chris Rogers, mm -hmm. boarded in foundation breakers against me. 
and I just, you i had no targets for yeah, it yeah yeah i did make a one mistake though in deck building is that i did not respect unburial rights at all mm-hmm. so i didn't play any copies of that card and then you season. wanted it no i honestly didn't because i knew that i didn't have it i never played towards it as an out or anything like that mm-hmm. like i never played with towards the card while i was playing and so in that sense i didn't like need it but i think it would have been better to have instead of the fourth prismatic ending i was playing gotcha yeah yeah that's all i mean is like you felt its absence from your deck in some way yeah i kind of felt like just prismatic ending was just not that necessary as a four of in my deck sure like having a barrier rights gives you a little bit more addition with unmarked raid which is a horrible card Mm -hmm. uh but spike was playing two and that's to me way too many yeah two (laughs) does seem like a lot i just want to go with one four to fairies and three prismatic endings and then mostly i think the main deck's just really good from there yeah yeah play the good cards play as few bad cards as possible on burial rights is not that great but i i do think it does fill a role like it, it's been an out it's been a way to make so- certain draws like less dead and uh, I, I think it's an okay card i will say that i boarded out unmarked grave almost every match <laughs> just because a lot of g- games in modern just become this grind fest yeah especially nowadays all these orion decks and you just can't play unmarked grave in that kind of game right and like especially if it's not a thing bringing in graveyard hate against you you can't have a card that just puts a card into your graveyard that you draw like you need to be playing interaction and then rely on faithful mending to get you there yeah i, th- I think that's like thoughts on esper i'm like really happy with the deck it felt very powerful it plays all good cards. Teferi's busted. Ephemerate's extremely strong with the elementals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was a little scared of Living End because I didn't have Light Lines, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have a, either a Solitude or an Archon in the graveyard, even if they out-creature you by a lot, Ephemerate makes up for so much. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's one thing that I have been noticing and one thing that I need to figure out. For the Reanimator matchup specifically, I think... So one of the changes that I have made... And then I saw it popped up, popped up in the Living End deck that won one of the challenges this weekend. Gabriel Lay 91 was playing a, uh, a 75 with four endurance in the sideboard. And I think I'm just like, I, I, I was already kind of leaning towards that. And I think it's just right right now because it's so good in a lot of matchups. And like part of me is even considering main decking a copy or two. Because like even in matchups where... They're not doing graveyard stuff. Sometimes clearing out their graveyard to open up for a living end is actually something that matters. But probably we're not quite at that point yet. Sometimes they just throw a solitude in the graveyard. Yes, sometimes they just throw a solitude (laughs) in the graveyard. Uh, I mean, specifically, like, so one of the decks that I have been having a little trouble and I need to figure out my plan. I, I really need to find somebody with a copy of the deck to test against uh, and, and really get a feel for it. But the four color Yorion deck is, you know, there's, there's this new, this category of like, there's a lot of Teferi decks running around right now. And so if I just like had equal ability and equal access to cards in like every modern deck, I probably would not play living in this weekend now because of blue white control, Esper reanimator and the four color Yorion deck. Specifically playing against the four color Yorion deck, it just like you're under so many angles of pressure that I am not really sure what the best approach is. Like you need to try to living end kind of quickly because if they ever draw an endurance 
which they have a couple main deck and then they have like three or four total in the 75 or if they get it to ferry into play or if they just like accrue enough value via like ephemerate solitude or something like that you know they might just be able to keep up with your living end but if you do it too early and you get a couple of things then maybe they do just have ephemerate solitude already and they just beat your living end so i i'm not even totally sure how to sideboard for it either because of all of the angles of problems that they give you you know like you want to make sure to have enough answers to to fairy so you can bring in you know mystical disputes and subtleties but what do you take out because you know force of negation is one of your teferi answers but it's kind of bad against a lot of their deck yeah most of their stuff are creatures yeah but their spells are really important to fairy and ephemerate and maybe counter spell post board but grief isn't like particularly great either because taking a creature and putting it into their graveyard is like usually pretty bad in the matchup. Uh, the only thing you want to take, the only creature you want to take is an endurance, but then it it is hard. So I think grief maybe in a vacuum in the matchup like slightly better than force of negation, but if you keep griefs in, then you have to keep architects of will in and architects of will just like is definitely your worst cycler and in particular like you know it just gets blanked by all of the random bodies that they put into play and so it's the one you would most like to trim on trimming on the flyers is kind of bad because sometimes that's how you kill them trimming on the hexproof guy is bad because it doesn't get solituded and trimming on waker of waves is bad because once you trim cyclers waker is good because it's like drawing two cyclers so waker also blanks the uh, ice fan quaddles which is nice yeah that's true that's a good point uh, so I, I'm struggling to figure out that matchup. I think bringing in endurances is part of that because you play these long games where like they keep emptying out your graveyard with endurances and you need to do it back so that you can ever living end again. And that's like a pretty rough spot to be. So I, I need to play it some more to figure out exactly how to approach it. And probably if I could just switch to a deck that I am confident in that is not living end right now. I, I might do that just because like several of these decks really scare me and are unpleasant to play again. Because the format has gotten to a place where there are decks with completely solid game ones against you, which is not what you want to see. Yeah, the, the elementals hurt a lot with that, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, I think if you want to play like this Yorion deck in the Invitational, we can probably try to scrounge a copy up. Yeah, I've never played a game with it though, so... It's a. I'm not saying it's easy to play, but it's intuitive. Yeah. It's just a normal magic deck that you draw cards and play your cards. Sure. Use them. Yeah, I might think about that. I can't play it online though. The deck costs like nope. two thousand ticks. Like I just can't <laughs> rent it. No, no one can. You have to like own the cards. Yeah. Crazy. Well, and I'm not gonna buy two thousand tick like. Tickets worth of cards. Worth of yeah, cards. Yeah. Like, I'm or not even doing like that 600 either. just to get a brittle limit or whatever. Yeah, it's not a great spot for the Magic Online economy right now. Yeah. I mean, it's an 80 card deck that plays all of the most expensive cards in modern. So, like, and somehow only like, what, like 24 lands or something like that? The one I'm looking at is 27. Okay. <laughs> 27 and 3 Abundant Harvest which I like. Yeah. Uh, I, I know people who are trimming on lands really early in these iterations, 
and it was dumb because they were like trying to get away with it with utopia sprawl mm-hmm. but people cut that card for the deck and they just started playing more lands and it's been performing a lot better yeah deck is pretty strong i mean this has kind of replaced the risen reef decks completely it's just you know play yeah. all good cards don't worry too much about these synergies elementals and ephemerate is good enough on its own and we got to express iteration still to tie it all together mm-hmm. yep. Do really doing work in the the modern format yeah so we will see how much of that is around and how quickly my tournament ends if that, that happens <laughs> i don't know part part of it too is like my sample size is pretty low and the matches that i have played like my opponent's draws have been really really good like you know the like we both kind of run out and then they just slam an omnath into play and then just play a spell every single turn after that or whatever like just when you when you both run out of cards and one person like draws on math it's just such a feel bad i had a similar situation (laughs) uh in the the tournament i played where we were both like top decking ran out of cards and i drew my card for turn i said oh yeah this is the one and my opponent's like archon of cruelty because i had a fan for it and i'm like no mole drifter mole drifter <laughs> yep that's a good one too any elemental yeah, that draws great. cards really mole drifter won me that game i like to think it was probably the archon that it drew off of it but whatever well drawn cards off when you're both top decking is classically very powerful Mm-hmm. that's what the whole thing about larissa is why it's so good yes that's because that's the entire role that that card plays yeah yep yeah and it's just another this elementals deck is or not this elementals deck but this yorian deck is just another companion deck again and like they just never go away like add three mana to it and it still is just an incredibly stupid mechanic i i like i especially enjoy that people are playing dreadith magistrates now for cascade hate especially on the hammer time sideboards mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work against companions anymore <laughs> because of the errata yeah <laughs> which it was like printed to stop <laughs> it still just boggles me that they ever thought that the companion mechanic was remotely okay e- even add the tax on there and Luris and yorian are still like ridiculous magic cards it's so weird i mean even Luris Lurin- and yorian aside i think it's pretty clear the companions are not should not be allowed when people are just playing Kahira to add a white card to their hand. Yeah, and like that's really good when you have solitude. Yeah, that's like that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I mean, I I think like probably say this too much, but I do think companions are the most unforgivable design mistake that they've made in like modern magic. Like it just is boggling how they thought that like giving you a commander like a thing you have access to literally every game like it, it's just a weird misunderstanding of how resources and magic are allowed to operate and be reasonable every every like casual format like commander is very easy to break because you have access to your commander every game like the what were they called the where you had like an avatar the vanguard formats were like all incredibly mm-hmm. broken none of the vanguards like seem that powerful but if you have access to it literally every game that magic just isn't designed to work around that and it breaks it and it ends up sucking it also didn't help that in the vanguard format like you were assigned different starting life totals and hand size for some arbitrary reason well to balance out the more powerful vanguards (laughs) but it did not work nope
<laughs> this four-color deck. If it weren't expensive enough, some people are sticking Raghavans into the four-color deck. I don't think that's good. Like, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, that kind of surprises me that you would say that. But well, why? Your, your whole deck has two for once. Raghavan in an 80-card deck, you have to get out really early. Well, you know, big... it, it makes mana to cast your <laughs> two-for-ones. Like, I don't think it's completely insane, but given that you really like getting a Ketria Triome on turn one. Right. Not only do you enjoy getting a Ketria or Rogren, depending on your hand, Triome, mm-hmm. you also want to get enough Snowlands for Icewing Quaddle, so it's a card. Mm-hmm. So, like, where's Rogren, untapped red source, fitting into this equation? You yeah, know? it's it's not really. I don't, I don't think you... I think it is right not to put Raghavan in there, but... Some people are to really you... pump that that cash Price threshold up. up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, expensive side. I do think modern's really fun right now. Like mm-hmm. the games are all pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, expenses like worse on like the problems with the expensive cards are exacerbated on Magic Online, well beyond like the problems in real yeah. life. Yeah, because like I, we, I'm pretty sure I can almost just build this entire Yorian deck in real life. Mm-hmm. Like maybe borrow a, a couple cards here and there, but nothing huge. Right, but it's just not a thing on Magic Online. <laughs> right, the Modern Horizon cards are just like one and two. Like they're just really expensive. Ren and Six is still really expensive on Magic Online. I mean, it's still really expensive in real life, but most of the people that I know have some Ren and Sixes. Like they're very gettable. Right, and you typically on in paper you just collect cards and rarely sell them at least people around us do mm-hmm. so pick up around six two years ago it's it's still there somewhere yeah i've got a couple lying around like there are running sixes to be had but online it's just like oh wow this deck just costs over two thousand dollars my goodness <sighs> so you're on living end mm-hmm. i'm on reanimator for modern yep anything else you want to go over well so what are you what are you concerned about playing against what are you happy to play against uh what are you like tilting your sideboard to like what are your like final considerations as you're picking your last couple of cards in your 75 uh i'm worried about hammer to mm-hmm. be honest that that deck's quite fast and i don't think it, it also pressures you to be pretty fast too to keep up because you can grind through Orzo saga like with the the reanimation stuff is is good at that mm-hmm. but I do think Spike had a good idea with Stolty Silence, because I think that is a... If you only have to worry about Sigarda's aid... Right, and then the, one Solitude the tokens, solves the hammer, yeah. Then, then you're good to go. So I'm probably going <laughs> to... I'm, I'm going to cut these Flusterstorms for my sideboard that I have, and I posted the sideboard in our in our Discord channel. Or I guess the whole deck, really, but the sideboard's there, too. I have two Flusterstorms that I have for Living End, but when I was playing against Chris on Living End uh, in the tournament... I just drew them both with a Faithless Mending, and I was like, well, I don't really need these. And I just discarded them both very promptly. (laughs) (laughs) And part of that was it was kind of medium into the game, so they weren't going to be that effective. But also, it just wasn't part of my plan, really, for that matchup. So probably want to cut those, add some Stolny Silences, maybe consider a Graveyard Hate card for a living end, but... Uh, it, it, it's really on the living in players to adapt, I think, with endurance, because otherwise, I think the matchup's quite good. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just, I don't know how many people will. This challenge list having four endurances makes it that much more likely that other people will show up with four endurance. And I have found that card to just be a really 
important sideboard card in a bunch of matchups and also like it allows you to actually juke a little bit and you can kill people with endurance like my one of my like main ways that i win against murktide is just drawing endurance and they never beat that card you just they attack you with a dragon's rage channeler you cast endurance they like look at their hand if they cast counterspell then they die to living in the next turn yeah <laughs> if they it's run the, the ragavan into it and then get their graveyard exiled, then they never get to cast Murktide Regent. Like, there's a lot of spots where that card is really strong. Other than that, uh, Burn, I kind of want to respect. Like, I have an Injured Explosives on my sideboard as a catch-all. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what it's catching, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I mean, maybe. I think it's good against a lot of stuff. I think it's good against Hammer, Rhinos. Uh, I mean, may- maybe mostly Hammer and Rhinos, but... Yeah, and I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out if it's one of the cards I can cut for more... Uh, like a graveyard hate card mm-hmm. like if i want to play one ley line or something <laughs> i'm not sure if i want to do that but i'm not sure if you want to do that either but i'm basically pretty happy i'm really happy with the main deck mm-hmm. uh just like adding unbarely rights in there one unbarely rights and will be good and the sideboard I, I quite like i just want to throw in the the stony silences that spike was playing so i don't have to worry about hammer so much yeah because i know people will show up playing hammer and i'll be scared of it yeah makes sense i i do think that explosives just like having one having access to one like you find really good spots for it all the time well i'm very pro explosives i like the card yeah i just when when i was playing i guess the matchups were such that i just like never boarded it and yeah mostly because i was playing it's a lot of value decks value oriented on math style decks sure it specifically is one of the cards that makes it really tough for hammer to kill you and Mm -hmm. that that might be very valuable yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so, I mean, my board right now, I think that with the way that things have shaped up, it becomes very important to have access to all four Endurances. I'm not going to goof around with Fairy Macabre anymore. It's just, like, Endurance is a better card and is it, what it does is more important. It also gives you potential for beating Mill. I think that you actually, like... I, I've struggled with figuring out the mill matchup specifically. It's just so hard to play against a deck that mills you and then surgicals your living end. And it, th- there's not a lot you can do about that. I think that ultimately what you end up doing is boarding out two of your living ends, just having one left in there. Uh, and you are on like all your brazen borrowers and endurances and you kind of like challenge them to deal with that. And you just like put creatures into play and see what they do. And if they screw around for long enough then you might be able to cast a living end and get them but you are shuffling your own graveyard back into your library a bunch of times ideally yeah that's, it's kind of funny that endurance lets you rebuy on living ends with your cascade cards that's a really cute interaction you just don't want a bunch of living ends in your deck because you want it to be less likely that they mill any of them to surgical so <laughs> So really weird. And I mean, it's just hard to resolve living end against them. So I, I don't want that to be my focus. I want to like cast dorky creatures and they're kind of bad at dealing with that when they're boarded to beat your living end deck. So I think that's the best plan. Um, and then uh, other slots in my sideboard, I think you want four to five total uh, mystical disputes and subtleties. And they are, you know, they, they're good against slightly different stuff. But specifically, they both hit Teferi, and that's really important because Teferi just kind of beats you if it comes into play. Uh, You don't have any answer to an in-play Teferi. You need to stop it with Grief or stop it on the stack. 
And those are answers to that. I'm like leaning a little more towards subtlety because it is your best card against the Yorion decks. But Dispute is quite good too. So not sure exactly on the numbers of those. And then from there, and then the rest of your slots are all uh, naturalizes. Force of Figures <laughs> yeah. and Foundation Breakers in some combination. Do you prefer the more Foundation Heavy or the, the Figure Heavy? I started with more Foundation Breakers, but I I just think that like whenever you play against Hammer, you just want to draw as many Force of Vigors as possible. Yep. Saga decks in general. I mean, Foundation Breaker killing a Saga is pretty good, but Force of Vigor killing a Saga and a something is uh, usually just completely lights out, so... Yeah, the two-for-ones against Hammer are really, really potent. Against Affinity as well, <laughs> which I have run into a surprising amount, uh, Force of Vigor. I mean, they're both incredible against Affinity, because you, like, Foundation Breaker to kill a non-creature artifact, and then you Living End, and then you Foundation Breaker to kill one of their lands when it comes back. It, like, it's a lot. But I do think Force of Vigor is a little better at helping you stabilize in games that you aren't firing on all cylinders, so... Yeah, I... Not sure what to make of Affinity, because I, I do think a couple of people bring it to the Invitational, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's quite powerful enough to justify doing that. No, but you're going to have Stony Silences in your sideboard anyways. So. Well, yeah, that, that's, I feel like that's just cruel. Though. <laughs> it's, it's probably not quite as crippling against them as it has been against like Ravagers in the past, but they still have equipments and eight of their lands don't tap for mana if there's a stony silence oh, so you probably it's more them. than eight it's how many what do you mean there's a lot of artifact lands in modern now oh yeah Just i guess they have they have a couple of the comes into play <laughs> top lands yeah so yeah it's yeah stony silence definitely beats them pretty badly that's that's not good for them yeah i did notice scrolling through that ptq that there is just a ton of hammer time in it i don't know what that means yep. for the invitational but you are right to be thinking about it in, in your plans. I, I just I just think it's one of the best decks still. Yeah. Like people stopped kind of talking about it because it mostly stopped evolving, right? Yeah. People were just mostly playing and winning with the same builds. <laughs> so people were more into like the Yorion Blink and the Esper Reanimator stuff, uh, which are good decks. And they, they were interesting to follow as they continued to change like card slots and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think people stopped talking about Hammer, but it's still just really good, and it wins all the time. Yep. Yeah, definitely don't sleep on Hammer. It is a perfectly acceptable deck. Like, there will be a copy or two in the top eight of this Invitational. Like, it just is good, so. Burn, burn kind of the same way, to be honest. Yes. Like, I, I don't think Burn is as good as Hammer, but it is the same kind of Burn wins a lot. Mm -hmm. It hasn't changed ever, like, in a long time. Yeah, and I mean, you know, this is a format where like aggro decks are not a main component of it and part of that we're seeing like people are just playing a ton of teferi time ravelers because they don't you know they need to worry about this like stack based tempo kind of thing like what is my opponent threatening at any given time not like oh my god i'm on 13 i can't shock a land in or i'm gonna die sort of situation but if you are approaching the game from that way and they're not ready for it and they're just like keeping a hand with Teferi on the draw, Burn is not unhappy about that situation. The only time Burn is unhappy to see those Yorion decks is when Omnath hits the table. Yes, that is <laughs> That's a it. problem. That's the only time. When you go Omnath, fetch land, gain four life, pass the turn, gain three more life. 
that usually closes it out. Pretty solid, yeah. Yeah. But the rest of the deck is not conducive to no. crushing burn, so. And it's an 80-card deck, so. Uh, uh, there is a totally bizarre 80-card Rhinos list in 16th place in the PTQ. What makes it more bizarre than the normal Rhinos Yorion decks? Most Rhinos decks are not Yorion decks. Well, that's true, but I have seen a lot more Yorion Rhinos decks in present times. Well, okay. I guess I hadn't seen them yet. I think that it's just a bizarre thing to do. Like, technically, like, okay, yes, you can run 12 Cascaders when you're four colors, but then you stretch it out to 80 cards, and it's very similar to running eight Cascaders. And It's actually a little better, numbers-wise. It's slightly better. To have 12 Cascaders in an 80-card deck. Right. But the problem I have with this deck isn't really, like, the math or anything. It's just that you're playing all of the Yorion Omnath cards, except for all of the early good ones like Abundant Growth and Lightning Bolt and Ephemerate, and just just play those cards. Like Rhinos are not that good. <laughs> I promise, Rhinos are just not powerful enough to justify playing all of the same Yorion Omnath cards, but then just like not play any of the cheap cards. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, I I don't think it does. Uh, I mean, I guess you get the like. I have a density of Cascaders and I can do this as many times as I want because I'm running the four Crashing Footfalls, but I draw Crashing Footfalls that much less. But I, yeah, I don't think this is the way to do either Rhinos or Omnath stuff. I think, I think you, you keep, I mean, you can run some Omnaths in your Rhinos deck or whatever, but I don't think you want to be a Yorion deck. Like it may be that this version of Rhinos is better than like a 60 card version of Rhinos. I could believe that. Uh, the problem then is like, why are we playing Rhinos? I mean, I think Rhinos is pretty good. I, I don't have any problem with just Rhinos. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't do it for me. Yeah, of course, because you're just making two four fours. That's not what you want to do. Well, not from a play perspective, because like sometimes they do the four fours really, really, and it, it's bad for you. But everyone's playing Teferi now, mm -hmm. and it, it's rough. Yeah, there's so many more Omnath decks than there were a month ago. Yeah, it's true. It's. It's tough. I, I'm not really sure. Uh, I think Philip is planning on playing Rhinos, and he feels comfortable with his plans in those matchups. So I'm not totally sure how the best way to solve those things, and it would be kind of scary for me, especially because like I am always like leery that the 4-4s are actually going to get things done. I mean, a lot of times the deck makes 4 4-4s, and, and that kind of like yeah. gets you there. But sometimes the creatures are just bigger. Than your four fours. <laughs> Sometimes they have a creature with a hammer on it, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But I mean, you know, Rhinos has certainly done its fair share of winning. Yeah, it's it's like I would expect to play against, but it's also not one I'm particularly worried about. Yeah, I mean, I think both you and I, like, I'm not worried about it either. But like, my deck is just set up to be good in that matchup, and I think kind of the same right. thing for the Reanimator deck. Yeah, you just are a value deck with Teferi in it and a good reanimator strategy. Like, that's just good. Yeah, that's it's just, just good really gross. Them. There is, I was speaking of Ragavan in lists that I don't know if Ragavan should be in. There is a Ragavan humans list. And the thing that I actually found really sweet about the Ragavan humans list in this uh, challenge is Adeline. 
because it's just like a really aggressive hard-hitting three that makes human tokens and that's just an enormous amount of power and toughness off of your three job so i i'm like kind of into that i don't mind that adeline's deceptively fast yes like it always surprises me in standard when i see adeline come out and make it up immediately and get really large (laughs) yeah it basically like gives you a little bit of value the turn it comes into play and then if they untap with it you die to the adeline (laughs) like yeah it's a lot for a three drop in standard it it has really impressed me and i don't know that i would play exactly this version of this just guy humans deck that has like what two lightning bolts and two teferi time ravelers in it but (laughs) i think the adelines are a really interesting addition to your thalia's lieutenant champion of the parish deck i think that's really good yeah it's it's an interesting deck that i not really going to worry about for the rotational. No, you like won't. If someone wants to humans me, I imagine they'll be playing Ragavan just because it's insane. But outside of that, it's just a normal strategy no one plays anymore. Yeah, I don't think you're likely to play against humans. But, you know, I think humans needs to be doing something different to keep up. And so something like maybe Ragavan and Adeline gets you into a space that, you know, hasn't been totally outmoded the way that normal humans kind of has. Uh, all right. For standard, where are we at now? I know that. Are you still planning on playing Epiphany? I am still planning on playing Epiphany. Uh, a lot of that has to do with mm, comfort mm-hmm. than anything else. Like, I'm just not the type of person who's gonna want to play mono green, mono green or mono white. Yep. Like, those are not decks I want to play. And I have seen a lot more of the two decks, I guess. There's a blue-black control deck that's going around. It's been around for a while. Uh, don't have a lot of experience with that one. It looks fine. I see people play it. Eh, no, no big opinions on it. It's a Leer deck. Mm-hmm. A deck, man, that, that deck gets its library into its graveyard very quickly, though. <laughs> like, it just, it does not waste any time just having an enormous graveyard. Wait, is this, are you talking about the blue-black deck or the Esper deck or? The blue-black deck. Yeah. 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 Like the ones with a million considers and cantrips and all that all that jazz yeah 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 uh batutenha won one of the standard challenges with uh esper blue uh, with blue black uh splashing for the black white removal spell the exile spell uh oh yeah the vanishing verse yeah vanishing verse. i remember hearing about that yeah or seeing it the version of epiphany i'm gonna be playing though is one made by shoda mm-hmm Yasuoka, like he, Collins actually sent me this deck list because we were talking and I'm like, well, I'm trying to play an Epiphany deck and I found one that I liked that didn't have Goldsmith Dragon is what I told him. <laughs> and he said, this is the deck I'm planning on playing. Shoda made it and just sent me a list with uh, four Smoldering Egg, three Leer, and Unexpected Windfall. And they're just the normal stuff you'd expect to see mm-hmm. in Epiphany decks. Uh, the main thing is the... Like, it's an unexpected windfall deck, and it's got the Leer package. But it's also an it deck with the Celestis mm-hmm. and Pathways for black. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have any of the dual lands, like, in Worlds. Like, it doesn't have okay. Bloodfall Canyon, or I, I don't know what the names of those cards are. Yeah. But the slow lands. Yeah, yeah. There's none of those. It's just Pathways, and you're splashing for Duress and Go Blank, like, in the Worlds decks. Sure. Because those cards are just incredible in the mirror. Yeah. 
and also it's Shota. Like, there's no way he's not going to play Grixis. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that sounds totally fine. Uh, as long as you got the windfalls in there, then you're not giving up anything in the... You know, just discard spells and they have windfalls. You're behind in the mirror. If you have windfalls and discard spells, then, you know, it's it's probably fine. I also quite like the Celestis. Mm-hmm. Like, just as a general point, especially since people have really gotten rid of their prismari commands by the, for the most part like i don't see a lot of those anymore maybe i'm wrong no you're you're right and i think that it's just wrong i like i think it's incredibly bad to cut all of your prismari commands i have two in my list now and i'm really like i'm happy to draw it all the time in every matchup so i don't understand but i i just don't see it very often so i'm pretty happy playing the celestis and getting value off that card and plus it's mana yes I mean, treasure tokens are so good. And and in my build in particular, obviously, treasure tokens have a little more value because every time you play Goldspan Dragon with treasures in play, you can do disgusting things. But just going up a mana to use at the at a key time in this matchup that's all about like positioning and playing multiple spells on the same turn when it is important to, like, I don't understand and 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 getting to do your powerful thing one turn earlier against like mono green or mono white is just really good. So like, I, I don't know. I'm just always happy to draw one Prismari command in like every single matchup. You know, as we're celebrating Prismari command, all shows deck also doesn't play any. Mm-hmm. So I don't regret that well, just because, I mean, something's got to give once you've got the Celestis yeah. and unexpected windfall, like, and Lear and smolder neck. Like that's a lot of cards. Yeah. And you still have to play, obviously your combo and you have to play early interaction and you have to play enough card drawing that you can put your stuff together because the deck doesn't function without any card drawing yeah i I do like this list though i posted it in our discord in the the deck list channel for anyone who's in that to take a look but it's pretty i don't i wouldn't call it stock but it's not outside of anything you would wouldn't expect Mm -hmm. yeah no i mean i'm sure you know, it's a show to deck. I'm sure that it is good. Like, I wouldn't have any problems playing it. Yeah, a big... I will admit also a big factor of this deck was that I just didn't want to buy Goldspan Dragons. That just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. I scrounged up a couple. Atomic had one. I bought one from SCG. Philip had a couple. And so that's, you know, we made it happen without... And, you know, the one I got from SCG I spent credit on. So it didn't spend too much money on Goldspan Dragons. I... See, I'm way closer to buying Solitudes than I am to buying Goldspan Dragons mm-hmm. because I know I'll play Solitude in years. Yes. But I'm not going to Probably be never going to cast Goldspan Dragon, Dragon again. Yeah. Like after this event. Yep. <laughs> what about you? Your, your deck's the same. I imagine you've mostly been working on Modern this past week. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've just been jamming leagues and stuff and just trying to get my plans together. Uh, I have not been paying too much attention to exactly what's going on in Standard because... I feel comfortable with my build. I feel comfortable with my plans and I don't think anything can fundamentally change in ways that are going to make me like super question what I'm doing. I'm still on uh, a lot of spike field hazards and not very many shatter skull smashings. I think that's still good. And uh, yeah, mono green did really, really well in the standard stuff. So that's probably a thing, you know, that makes Lear make a lot of sense. Like Lear is the best plan for the mono green matchup so i i like where you're at there and i expect to see 
a healthy representation of mono green at the uh invitational i think it'll be the most played deck personally yeah yeah it's just really good yep kind of cost effective yep <laughs> like i i'm not exaggerating i've had multiple scg grinders message me and be like hey do you have standard cards because i usually do mm-hmm. but i just haven't had a reason to buy any for the last two years nope. so mm-hmm. no sorry <laughs> it is probably you know probably unlikely that you'd ever be able to lend anybody some old growth trolls even if we were in more normal times but yeah but i mean i, I would usually have like other stuff mm-hmm. like if we want to play blue black control or like the an epiphany deck or whatever i'd probably have that stuff. yeah yeah hmm. well i guess that's kind of it for our decks and and what we're thinking about there as far as the invitational itself goes i'm very much looking forward to this weekend i no, I'm just it's just gonna be nice to play in a magic tournament again. I know. I need to look at the like the event schedule because I do I wanna play some Pioneer if I can, if I like scrub out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, since everyone had to buy Goldspan Dragons, I'm gonna borrow some <laughs> and try to play this mutate deck I've been wanting to play forever. Oh jeez. It's just like the mutate combo in standard, but you're in Pioneer, so you get Sylvan Carry did and a bunch of good cards. Yeah, that sounds fine. I haven't really seen the list itself, but I don't blame you for like not keeping tabs on, on Pioneer. Pioneer. It, yeah. This is not a Pioneer shaming session. <laughs> but also if I play a Pioneer tournament, I expect everyone there to have not play Pioneer either. So <laughs> that'll be nice. Yes. No, that'll be cool. I I mean, hopefully you that, won't have to play in any Pioneer tournaments, but you know, we'll see. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing well at the Invitational. But I have not prepared nearly as much as like you, and honestly, would rather play Pioneer than either Standard or Modern. Yes. So it's not even going to be that bad. Well, I'll be happy either way. I'm going. My plan is to win this thing. I, I'd really like to okay. win an Invitational. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna give it our best shot. Okay. I'll I'll be there, <laughs> all the days, watching you win. Nice. Well. I'll try not to let you down. I, I'm not going to put any pressure on you. You just do your best. <laughs> yeah, always do. Well, sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> you're just not really feeling it. And that's okay, too. Just be happy with yourself. That's all I ask. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to not have fun no matter what happens. So. Plus, even if you scrub out, we can just find some people in cube. Yeah, I mean, the, right. There's a million fun things to do. Like, no matter what happens, like, it will be a fun experience. And, uh, We'll also get to go to, well, I was trying to remember like what restaurants are in Roanoke, but there's actually not like there's some fine restaurants, but there's nothing I'm like specifically looking forward to. There's I like Scratch Biscuit Company for breakfast. Yeah, that's true. That's I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's solid. All right. I'll look forward to Scratch Biscuit Company. There's also Viet Sub in walking distance. The Oh, that's true. Yeah, I should definitely do Viet Sub. Yes, that that one I'm looking forward to. For sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there's more, but you know, we'll discover them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anybody who is listening and who's going to be at the Invitational, please come and say hey. Even if we've never met before, if we have met before, then probably I'll come say hey. But you know, it's nice to meet people, and hopefully we will see you there. I don't know. You got anything else before we head out? I know you're not feeling great, so. Oh no, I'm I'm ready to wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense well thank you for pushing through i would not have asked you to do it but thank you for volunteering too i I wanted to do it (laughs) it's it's 
that's actually probably the best part of my day so far. Well, I'm glad. And I hope everybody appreciates your sacrifice. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. We really appreciate your time. If you'd like to lend us some support, head over to patreon.com slash mtggrindcast. If you want to find us on social media, I'm tweeting from at CCR underscore grindcast. Lee is also on Twitter. I'm at Lee McLeo. Uh, and, you know, you won't be able to catch us on coverage this weekend, but, you know. Yeah, no coverage. But if you're there, come say hi. And if 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 I'm winning, I might tweet about it. I generally don't tweet about it even when I'm winning, though. I kind of just like talk. See, talk it's to so people. hard to keep up with tournament. Um, like I did the whole Twitter. Here's my record. I'm gonna update it every round. Mm-hmm. And I get to like round three and be like, Yeah, this is too much effort. Yeah, but, like who cares? Yeah, no, like, like I'm nobody 3-0 now. Cares. It doesn't matter. Or I'm two one. Yeah, or whatever. Like I'll I'll tweet if I'm like seven and zero playing for the eight zero day one or something like that. But no, I will tweet exactly at the end of day one. What your record that's is. It. That's all you get. <laughs> no, I, oftentimes I don't even say my record. I'll just be like, all right, day one in the bag. Looking forward to a good day two or whatever. Something like that. Something generic. Yeah, yeah. I, I generally just don't tweet during the tournament because everybody I would be tweeting to is there. So, you know, who cares? Oh, you're tweeting to people? You don't tweet to the void? Well, I mean, it's just like the people who would care about it, I like am probably hanging out and talking to. So... And nobody else cares. Sharing bad beat stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whew, we're going to have some poison Twitter. That God, it's been so long since I've gotten a live bad beat story. I am. Uh... I don't know. I uh, was cubing at your place a couple weeks ago <laughs> and I heard a bunch of swear words from your corner of the room. Yeah. And then I, I walk in to find that your opponent is playing rogue class. Yes. That, that was a wild <laughs> one. That, all right, so, you know, bonus sign-off section. I don't think we talked about this on an episode of the podcast. Uh, playing against an opponent who is playing Rogue class, and I am playing a bad, like, a pre-Worlds Epiphany build just to try it out, and they were miserable. Like, the no unexpected windfall deck. Like, they just, like, I don't understand how people were winning with them, and then everybody was complaining, because, like, the decks just didn't function without some way to get mana. And it was so bad that I was losing to Rogue Class, which is a card that uh, exiles the top card of your library whenever one of their creatures attacks you. And then uh, when they level it up, they can play the cards that they've stolen from you. And my opponent stole two cards. I w- could not find an Allruns Epiphany to save my life. My opponent stole two cards from me, and they were Galvanic Iteration, Allruns Epiphany. And it was... Uh, the culmination of a really pathetic set of games against that deck. And I can still picture myself playing cube while that happened to you mm-hmm. because I heard you say a ton of swear words and Jay just starts laughing because he's <laughs> next to you. It was funny and I was definitely playing it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like I always do that too when I'm playing magic and near people. I just try to put on a little show. Yeah, yeah, of course. Makes it more fun. Yeah. But yeah, the 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 sequence of events of that match were uh, phenomenal but and i can't even remember all of them at this point it was just like a a, a panoply of like lands coming in to play tapped at exactly the wrong time and like removal spells not lining up against their unplayable creatures and and other things like that and just like not getting there like having 20 cards left in my deck no all runs epiphanies they exile two of them and it's galvanic iteration all runs epiphany like 
It, it was tough. It was a tough match that I just <laughs> like. I, I, and the real problem was just straight up that it was an old version of Epiphany and those decks were unplayable, which is why when we saw them get played like in an SCG weekend, they had like a 30% win rate because they were just not built well. Right, yeah. And they got built way better when people wanted to, you know, break the card at Worlds. Yes, yep. And I mean, and we are seeing adaptation to them again, and they're not even doing that great in a lot of the online standard tournaments. So you got to kind of know what you're doing, pick your plans and be aware that sometimes you just lose to mono green or mono white. It just like can happen and you can't guarantee that it won't. But anyways, we will hope that it doesn't happen to us. And hopefully we come back next week with, you know, at least some good stories, maybe some top eights, maybe some pioneer matches, something like that. We'll have some good stuff. Maybe some, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd be so happy if I win a Pioneer event. Like, forget the Invitational. That that would be, you know, crowning achievement. The only Pioneer event in the last year. Yeah, I'm just here for event ticks that, like, you trade in for yeah. store credit. Give me, give me some prize wall ticks and then, at a horrendous rate. You win the tournament and you trade it all in for credit and you look at your thing. And you're like, oh, this is $90 of credit. I don't understand how this happened. Give me two gold spin dragons, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I have to give these back, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lee, thanks for powering through. Everybody else, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.